Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Man, <laughs> seeing this number of you, uh, Lord has answered my prayer already. I was just saying, because of today, uh, I really always want you to be here, feel welcome to be a part of what we're doing. But I'm excited because this morning is Testimony Sunday. And so I do have a little bit of a message that I want to kind of just in keeping with what we heard and how we see our Bible, understanding that every word counts and matters and that the Lord placed it where it is on purpose. We need to kind of look at something in order to really explain why do churches take the time to give testimony? You know, our church, if you are here for any length of time, you're going to see if people are coming back from missions trips They'll have time on a Tuesday night to kind of uh, explain what it was that they saw and, and dealt with and what God taught them. And so we're going to do the same thing because for those of you that weren't able to go, we had our uh, all church retreat. And so those church retreats are great. It's a time for our church to get away and everybody just with their kids will go and stay on, uh, what is it, UCM? University of Central Missouri. Uh, and so that has, that is, this is the last day technically because now some of our guest speakers will be teaching in, in main service. And so throughout the fellowships, this very thing could be happening. But let's see from the Bible's perspective what, why this is uh, a needful thing to do. And so our title this morning is Tell It Like It Is. Now, I know most of you, at least for me, every time I say it, I was like, I keep thinking of that song, <laughs> Tell It Like It Is, and the worst version, which is the Neville Brothers, it's awful voice. <laughs> and so forgive me for that. But I am excited for you to um, just to kind of see what it is that the Lord has kind of revealed to us here. <clears throat> Our text this morning is going to be Acts 21. 17 through 19. And uh, before we get into that, let's pray real fast and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today and uh, really just the opportunity to be able to uh, really bring some clarity to uh, why it is that we do something that's not just tradition. Uh, it is something that is rooted in your word and it serves a purpose. And so, Father, I pray that you would communicate that with your uh, Holy Spirit, that we would receive it, that we'd be blessed by it. And so, Lord, have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so our text is Acts 21, 17 through 19. Let's read that. And it says this, and when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James and all the elders were present. And when he had saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry. So now the thing that you kind of want to understand and just in terms of context, you know that uh, last week, I believe it was that we looked at those first 16 verses. And this is leading up to this is the end, obviously, of Paul's third missions uh, uh, trip, so to speak. And now we are not really seeing him plowing new ground, although these disciples that he met and uh, uh, previously are, are some, you know, that he hadn't really invested in. But you are kind of seeing something as it comes to uh, an apex. 
And I think it is, you know, I think about back to verses where the Lord said uh, that he's going to suffer greatly for my name's sake. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're going to kind of see that. And we have been seeing that off and on just in the various trials that he's had. But this is kind of an apex moment. And so this is Paul's fifth trip to Jerusalem. He has a, a great intention. He wants to obviously visit the church there in Jerusalem. He is also wanting to observe Pentecost. Now, remember, he is of, of Jewish descent, even though he is, you know, from a kind of a Gentile run city, Tarsus, but still Jewish descent. And so very much still has that. This is the early church. And so the Jews are, are having a challenge of letting go of some of their old habits and traditions for the things that now, essentially, if they didn't do, the Lord wouldn't take it, hold it against them. And so there are just some things that they're still wanting to partake in. Now, I will tell you this, Paul is wanting to do this for one reason in particular that's huge, and that is to share the gospel with the Jews. This is a big deal to him. So he knows uh, what we would say of Israel at this time. It has been dispersed throughout the kind of European world and throughout all of these other islands and, and close by countries. And so because it's Pentecost, there's going to be a ton of them that are there. So he's just basically like, man, I'm shooting fish in a barrel. So let me let me do that. And so this is kind of a big deal. The doctrinal thing that we're going to basically see over these next few chapters is this. Israel as a nation continues to refuse the teaching of Jesus as Messiah. Like, unfortunately, I mean, that's just that's where we are. And so we're going to see that kind of play out in terms of just some of the scuffles and arguments that he's going to get into, why he will eventually be arrested, all of these things. That's ultimately what the Lord is trying to teach here. And so we've seen also, I would add to that a little, that there has been this awakening in the Gentiles. Man, they're hearing the gospel, maybe for the first time. They're getting a chance to not just live close by Israel, but know the God of Israel, personally, and it's having an impact. And so these are not small things that we want to take lightly, but as it relates to our, our text, something else uh, is kind of critical to this. And now what we see in verse 17 is because, well, he's been repeatedly warned about the persecution that's going to take place in Jerusalem. And remember, I said, Paul would say to, to us, I don't care about that. Uh, that's not something that really motivates his actions because this man is spirit led and he understands that his life is worth laying down for the cause of Jesus Christ. So now we find ourselves in this spot in just these three verses, and obviously we'll dive in very hard onto the rest of the text. But as it relates to something I don't want you to miss is the fact that we are talking about declaring what God is doing. And so I want you to, to just see what's here. Notice something. He gets to the church and he's received gladly by the brethren. Paul at this point is infamous in the, in the uh, civilized world. Uh, he has made a stir on every place that his foot has touched ground. And that has basically been kind of the Jews testimony and which is why things are going to come to that apex moment where I mean, they're, 
they're going to be similar wording to our Lord Jesus Christ, where it's like, man, just kill this guy. The other thing <laughs> that just that you see here, Paul sought out the leaders of Jerusalem Baptist Temple. Notice I didn't say live in faith because that's the splinter. <laughs> the main church would be Baptist Temple. <laughs> OK, and so Jerusalem Baptist Temple, he sought out those leaders. He wants to go there. Paul is obviously the the apostle to the Gentiles, but in no disrespect to James or John or Peter or any of those other elders that are there. He's not going on his own separate journey, but no, he's sure he wants to touch down, make sure he goes to that church, see them. Man, there's great things that we can learn just in terms of the respect and how we expect, respect uh, spiritual authority, excuse me, authority. So that's important. And then lastly, the thing that we're going to focus on this morning and just try to bring some clarity to Paul declared the things that God had done in his ministry. And so this declare that we're looking at, now, just give me a second. I, I wrote it phonetically just so I could say it. Oh, man. I should have practiced again. Exegeamai <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> is your Strong's G1834. Now, what I want, the reason I'm doing this is because you need to know that when you come across words in English, when you're reading your, new, uh, your uh, King James Bible, you're going to see words that like declare and you would see it in multiple places. That does not mean that the meaning is the same. So what you want to do is do your due diligence to look at why it is that he used this particular declare in this spot. There is generally a reason for that. Okay. And so of the verses that you will see there listed, John 118, this is essentially Jesus says that no man has seen God, but his son hath declared him. Okay, so there is something about this, this declare. Now, I will give you the definitions of, uh, in terms of what Strong says. It says to consider out aloud. In other words, rehearse or unfold, declare. And at one time it's used as tell. In Acts 10, 8, this is when the angel that spoke with Cornelius departed and left the scene. And then Cornelius now tells his two household servants what it was that the angel said. And this was that he needed to go and get Peter from Joppa and let Peter tell him the gospel. These guys were primed and ready. But now notice something. This angel is a representative of God telling Cornelius what to do. And then Cornelius then goes to do that. He declares that truth to his servants and his servants move. In Acts 15, 14, this is James retelling the time that uh, Simeon or, or Peter, as we would know, declares how God visited the Gentiles first to take out them uh, a people unto himself. This is the story of Abraham. See, the thing that you... Uh, Pastor Sam has been going through the, the uh, Genesis series. And the one thing you could kind of miss is that the Lord called out from Gentile nations, a man, and then has created a people for himself. So in terms of a concept of being a believer, what's the difference between Abraham and us in that case? This is why the whole I'm a Jew, I'm a Gentile is kind of a silly argument. 
<laughs> because the Lord, essentially all he's doing is calling you out from the world unto himself. Okay, and so there is a declaration of that wisdom there. Why? He's saying this in the midst of that council where Paul and Barnabas have to go back to Jerusalem and, and try to figure out, do we need to circumcise Gentiles? And so this is why Pastor James at this point is saying this and retelling this just so they could kind of ease the, the tension there, that there'd be no schism in the body. So here's the deal. The common theme for declare under this definition is related to what God has done or said to do. The other scripture reference, obviously, is Acts 21.9. Now, I'm going to give you these other ones, and I want you to go for your own um, study. Because I do have just the treat of having some individuals I've asked to share a testimony of what took place at ACR. But understand this, the thing that I want to be clear is that what has God said or done? What is he saying to do? And so our line of questioning, you want to be looking for that. There's a response to that. Obviously, we already saw that the brethren receive him gladly. And there's a rejoicing that actually takes place as a result of the information given. So there is a way if we are in the spirit, that we should receive what it is that we hear when we hear of God's wondrous works. The other definition, I'm not going to take the time butchering this Greek. It's on the board. You can read it for yourself. <laughs> but those are the other spaces and places by which you would find. And just look at that. All of the time, you know, you're like, oh, wait a minute, declare and it, it's not the same. No. In this case, it's to bring tidings or bring a word, report to proclaim, to make known openly. And we get to see that four times. The next one, G1334, is to relate fully or declare or to show or tell. And you're like, man, the definitions are the same. But again, this is why I want you to take the time to go back and look at it. Because you want to see why it is that the Lord said it there. See, the thing is, if you're, not, if you're, if you're new to this concept or, or not even saved yet, this is the, the uh, wonderfulness of our word. It is the absolute authority for the believer because it is God's word. And yes, many men wrote it, but the author of that is the Holy Spirit. And so you cannot find a text that is so interwoven like this text. We're talking about thousands of years. And now you think that these people are just carrying, you know, they have big scrolls that they got to carry around. And it's like, okay, let me make sure that I put this concept in. No, only the Holy Spirit could do that. And so this is why you're finding that there are so many definitions for, for declare. The next one, G5418, is to indicate plainly, to make known, to declare, whether by gesture or by writing or speaking or in some other ways. It's, it's to explain something. See that two times. Man, only for that one, only two. The next, G1107. 
to make known, to become known, be recognized, to know, to gain knowledge of, have thorough knowledge of. In earlier Greek, it would mean to gain a knowledge of or have thorough knowledge of. You see that four times, two times in one verse. The next G312 would be to announce, to make known, to report, to bring back tidings, rehearse. In your head, you might think, well, man, why didn't they just use this one for the, no, because the Lord had an intention. See, this is where the English mind has to uh, just say, I don't know anything and let the Lord tell you what to think. It's important. Words matter to the Lord. And the definitions that he has set for us by his word, if we allow the Bible to define itself, there is great and rich promises for us. The next being G2604 is to proclaim, uh, promulgate, declare, to preach, to show, to speak. One time that is used like that. And so let's just look at real quickly before we get to our testimonies. What does God himself declare? And a lot of this, we're looking at individuals that are declaring something, but there is something that the Lord himself declares. And I think it's interesting in Psalm 19.1, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Just now, when it says heavens, plural, it's meaning all of them. The air you breathe, the space you see, and where the Lord is. All of that. And then it says even further, the firmament. So the earth that you stand on, all of that shows his handiwork. This is what's being declared, that he is worthy of glory. Why is declaring what God has done good for us? We would find that in Psalm 64, 9, and I love this verse. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. See, when you declare what it is that God has done, now you're thinking about it's a faith builder. It's the kind of thing that you don't want to get in the habit of denying. And so now you think about Paul giving that testimony of what God has done. He's talking to these Gentiles that Israel would look at as dogs. And here it is that these dogs are being faithful, humbling themselves, getting baptized, helping to plant churches, growing in knowledge. You don't think that that would have an impact? See, that's wisely considering his doings. And perhaps for that Jewish person, Jewish Christian that's on the fence a bit, they could be um, very encouraged by this Gentile activity. Because remember, this is a dog. Dogs don't act like this. I'm not expecting anything righteous to come from dogs. And yet it is these dogs that have moved this church forward. Very interesting. Psalm 73, 28 says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Notice that I cannot de declare the things that are going on with God if I don't know him. So I got to know him. If I don't know who he is, how am I going to declare? I'm going to declare my way. 
what I want. It's good for us to declare what God has done. It's telling. And last thing, it's also good for the loss. Psalm 96.3, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. See, the Lord, listen, if you don't know the Lord this morning, the Lord is very much wanting to get out in front of you so that you see it is him that has been at work. Now, I would even say to the point that he got you up this morning, he gives you the breath that you've taken a breath with no struggle. That's, you can thank the Lord for that. And even more importantly than that, the Lord means to have you be reconnected with him as his son or his daughter. But you have to believe on the name of Jesus Christ first and foremost. Coming to church is not going to get it done. Just reading your Bible is not going to get it done. Just going on missions trips is not going to get it done. I have to believe on the name of Jesus Christ first. He knows who I am, but I don't know him until that day happens. I have to believe that he came here. He is the son of God. He lived a perfect, sinless, spotless life. He died, was buried, and resurrected. If I believe that, the Bible says that, man, I'm saved. That's what being saved means. It doesn't mean getting baptized. It doesn't mean going to church. It doesn't mean giving money to a church. See, even that moment of just me being able to declare that is because I know him. That's my father. So I can tell you his story. And so now, in conclusion, let's bring it back to Paul, and then we'll get to our testimonies. Paul went to declare what God had done with him personally and what had been done in the hearts of Gentiles that had never heard the gospel. Coming to Jerusalem revealed who he truly feared, only God himself. You got to understand just the significance of that. These constant warnings coming up, Paul, don't go. If you go, you're going to be captured. You're going to be arrested. There's going to be trouble. And he's like, I don't care. My countrymen will be there. And I want another opportunity to share the gospel with them. He fears God, not men. It revealed God's hand was guiding his every move. You cannot have the success that he has seen, that we have been able to read, and that has been recorded for thousands of years for us to glean from without God's hand being on it. See, I'm telling you, I want to live a life that it is evident that God's hand is on it. For those of you that know me and know that, that maybe serve with me on the security team, to even get to this point, to be in a fellowship, you have seen that. And it is it's not because I'm capable or have the ability or good at it or any of that. It's because God, is, his hand is on it. And then lastly, it shows God's heart for the loss. Listen, for those of you that are still on the fence of deciding whether or not you're going to believe on the name of Jesus Christ, just the simple fact that you are here shows his mercy for your life, and for the decisions that you have poorly made, you are still alive and you are here today. And today could be the day of salvation. And so with that, I want to start inviting those up for the testimony and just spend the rest of time in class, allowing you to hear from, uh, from those individuals that I've chosen. Now, if you bring those 
questions up. These are the questions that I asked them. Number one, why was it important for you to be at ACR this year? See, what we want to do is we want to get, man, that. So I'm going to just tell you, the, the message from Tony Godfrey just shook me to my core because as a leader, I'm like, I, I don't want you to do it because I told you to do it, man. Good Lord. I will quit. I'm telling you, I will just give you my resignation right now. That's how it's going to be. It cannot be like that. So it has to be that the Holy Spirit has pressed upon these individuals and they saw value in, I need to be at ACR. And that doesn't mean guilt for you. That just explains that God was at work and they listened and they responded. You see what I mean? Number two, did you personally experience any spiritual attacks leading up to or going or while you were there? What happened? Did something try to deter you, stop you? Did your, your money not work out? And somehow the Lord solved it, resolved it, and then you ended up there. What message was the most impactful to you? I told you what it was for me. Tony Godfrey, for those of you that didn't go, listen to that. Now, I want you to listen to the whole thing, but I want you to hear from the testimony and the impact on my life. If I'm saying this thing that I love and the opportunity that I get to, to minister to you, that I would give it up. If this ministry was anything close to being a hypocritical ministry, you need to listen to it then and figure out why that was so powerful. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> True. Number four, how did going to ACR change you or change your perspective? Christian, if you, or, and even for those that are on the fence, if you think that everybody that calls on the name of the Lord has the right perspective, you are sadly mistaken. And sometimes just going to a place like this can help change that. Tell us. And then last, will you minister differently from what you learned at ACR? And so with that, I want to invite the Rileys to come up. I know you guys. You'll have to use the uh, microphone. I don't think, is that one working? It's working. Okay. Okay. I'm done. I'm going to be quiet. morning so uh so you want us to just kind of run through the questions and all right why was it important for you to be at acr this year oh man you know higher okay well you know okay so um at first i didn't want to go i i honestly i'd kind of was at a place where I, I, I felt like it, I just didn't want to go through the same routine as, you know, every year before. And I mean, we've been to nine or 10 of these. I don't know. I lost count. I was talking to somebody about it, but as we, as we drew closer, it just became obvious to me that like, I was, I was starving. Like I needed this retreat. Like I needed to cut myself off from, from the world and get alone and really just hear from God. Like it was, it was loud in my ear that this is what I needed. Uh, so so I did an about face um, and man, I just went into it wanting just to hear confirmation from the Lord on some things. 
uh, that we're both kind of going through and me and some things personally, like I probably the biggest thing on my heart was like, how can I become a more effective minister? Um, and I definitely heard that. So, um, man, it's, it's, did we experience any per, any spiritual attacks while we were there? I got sick. Um, if you can't hear it now, it's, we, we kept the room on refrigerator the whole time. It was, it was like 50 degrees. That was my fault. Cause I couldn't really read the dial. It was kind of foggy. It was kind of foggy and it wasn't that cold, but I wanted it colder. So I just turned it on and, and oh man, I was dying in there. And it was, so I had Maria check it. It was 50 degrees. And, and so now I have this lovely little <clears throat> raspy voice for it. Um, and just really just the fatigue, the fatigue of all church retreat, walking in the heat all day, just, you know, it, it, it makes it easy to kind of check out when you're tired, you know, you just want some coffee or you just want a nap or you want to just, you know, uh, man, you, you, your flesh is just screaming for some kind of just relief, but relief means I don't want people around you. You want to be kind of off to yourself, but just push through it, be there. Um, yeah. So, um, man, most impactful message to me this year. I didn't get a chance to hear everything. Um, I missed probably half of it because I was serving. Um, it will probably hit me the hardest. I, I forget his last name. His name was James. He's, he's preaching in the morning sessions. Yeah. Um, man, building bridges. Uh, that had an impact on me. I, um, you know, I have... I have a lot of friends who are creative people and just in that world, you find a lot of strong and wild opinions, whether it be about uh, God or just anything. Um, and so a lot of my friends in that community, I've kind of shied away from, um, we, you know, we stay in touch, but you know, I've admittedly, I've let friendships lapse to an extent, like life, life has a way of pulling you apart from people anyway. So it's, you know, it's one of those things like Batman said, like, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. <laughs> so, so, so no, so you, you know, so you just let the relationship kind of like take its court. You just drift apart on purpose. You don't reach out. Um, reestablishing those um, is now, you know, become a priority of mine. Um, just really, being talking to those people more and seeing where they're at and letting them know where I'm at. Um, we're, we're starting to kind of venture out more into the arts community. And so there'll be more people who I don't know who are kind of in that same vein of thought. And I don't want to go into that. Um, Cause I mean, I'm realizing this is my field. These are my people. I, I went to art school. I'm an arts guy. Like these are the people I connect with, uh, uh, with just creatives. And so if I'm going to be in the world. I want to be a light and I want to be, um, a force for the gospel there. Um, so, uh, man, so that, I mean, that, yeah, uh, it does. Um, and so my perspective is just to be bold. Um, man, Justin, can you pull that last slide for me? This is probably the thing uh, that got me. One more. This right here, 
uh, I was a room dad one night. Um, and so I got to be in there with the kids while they were working on the program. One, and so we were talking about David and Goliath. And someone built this giant, like nine and a half foot drawing of Goliath, put it on the wall. Uh, so that thing is really tall. The picture doesn't do it justice. At the end of the night, uh, Jenny asked the kids, like, what are the giants in your life? What are, what are your Goliaths? Um, you know, and had them all write it on a sheet of paper and just take it down and we're gonna put it on Goliath and pray about it because God is bigger than any of the giants in our lives. And so this represents all the kids uh, that were bold enough, that were brave enough to write something down and stand up in front of their friends and, you know, and say, I have something that's bigger than me that I need God for and go down and put it on that board. And I was just so moved and just and encouraged like these kids, these, I mean, these are first grade through fifth grade and it's just little kids writing stuff uh, and just going down unaf unafraid to say, yeah, I need God. I need, uh, I, I need help with this. I, this is bigger than me and I can't do it myself. And so, I mean, I was able to pray over those and pray, you know, for the kids and everything. And that was, uh, that was awesome. So, I mean, this was a good camp for me. I look forward to listening to the stuff I missed. Um, but that was my experience. Okay. That's funny. Cause we were praying about some of the same things. I didn't even know until literally just now, like what you were too. Look at God. Um, so, um, why was it important for me to be an ACR? Um, to hear from God, I want to say obviously, but it may not be so obvious to hear from God. It's like, yeah, it costs money and time off work if you have a job, which I don't. But um, <laughs> but like we pay for concerts and vacations and trips and uh, we sent our kids to Ninja Warrior class. They're neither ninjas nor warriors. You know what I mean? But God is going to be at this place speaking. And it's, it's important to me um, to hear from God. Um, I needed direction and ministering, kind of like you were saying, like, things change so often in everybody's life. Like, what do I do now? Like, what am I supposed to do now? It's not the same as what I was supposed to do before. And so that's what I was praying about. And um, just for us to prioritize God and have the kids see that we prioritize God, every family reunion that could happen just about, or reunion, school reunion, two like was this weekend and we missed all of it. And that's okay. You know what I mean? It's fine. Cause God, God is speaking like, Y'all are cool. Call me, text me, but we're going to see what the Lord has to say. Then I actually have something like to tell or to give whenever we do talk. So um, <clears throat> spiritual attacks leading up. I'm sure um, there were just like always, um, I caught myself probably the day of just being a real jerk. Like, hurry up, come on, come on, come on, pack it up. Why didn't you do this? Like what? None of this is important. It's not important. We'll get there when we get there and just choosing to just not have that be the atmosphere that we go down there in. Um, so that's, it's like a daily attack. Pray for me, but that's what I noticed. I'm like, pray for me. Um, okay. So the message that most uh, impacted me, uh, like you said, Tony Godfrey, building bridges was awesome. But if I'll, cho I'll choose Tony Godfrey, but building bridges, like he was saying about the art community, like like we do these things. I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like my greatest fear is to be one of those people who just wants to be somebody. And so they 
put the Christian tag on so that people, you know, like to, I don't want to do that. I'd rather do nothing. I'd rather do nothing. I'll homeschool and learn how to garden. And that's what I'll do, you know? And so the building bridges was just like, okay, use that and preach Jesus. Use every opportunity that you have to meet with people. And so that was awesome. But Tony Godfrey's message that spoke to me the most, he um, stabbed my heart. And I was sad <laughs> and I spent a whole night like, Lord, I'm a pretender, I'm a hypocrite. And it was bad. And like, I got up and I praised, you know, spent time and like, um, there's grace for that, you know? And so, um, so with, with just needing God's grace and just thinking about, cause my thing, I'm, I'm just laying it out here. My thing was, oh, there's the people I need to pray for. I really need to pray for these people. And then God was like, okay, go up there and pray for them. I'm like, then people are going to think I'm a hypocrite. I don't want that. Oh no, I'm doing it. I'm pretending right now, Jesus. Oh. So I'm going to get Lord, the mode out of my heart or my eye, whichever one it is. I'm going to get that in mind first before I go, you know. Um, so just the grace that, because that's really what it needs anyway. You need grace for the people because you need grace from God. And so this is outside the message. Like we were leaving and Sean was by himself helping the kids because I was delivering things to other places. And uh, one of the girls was just a hot mess, emotionally, spiritually tired, wore out physically, just a crying, weeping mess. She was a mess. Like adults get there sometimes. That's probably the first time she's ever just been like, oh, my body, my mind, my everything is just a puddle, you know? And so she's like eating her breakfast. She's just weeping and weeping. Um, there'd been a conversation. I don't know what she did, but I couldn't comfort her. I tried. I, I literally put her me-sized body on my lap. I couldn't comfort her, you know, and she was wrong. And so I saw, I talking to Sean and I'm like, yo, she, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be a mess and that she did something wrong and just, it's okay. Like, and so she was wrong, but he went over there and he held her and he comforted her and she was okay. Ooh, grace. So that was just like a picture of what God was showing me. Like, it's okay if you're not okay. You know what I mean? Like there's grace for that too. And it's okay if other people aren't okay. Um, so how does, um, well, I minister differently. Yeah. Just like grace I need it and other people need it and people, nobody has it all figured out and we won't. And that's okay. You know what I mean? And the traditions thing Tony was talking about, like, I, I would to God that we would just be bold enough to say, Hey, this is what the word says. And then if people haven't gotten there yet, just don't judge them for it. You know what I mean? And just pray. And so, yeah, that's mine. Justin. Everybody, this is Justin Morgan. Woo! All right. Okay, good morning, everybody. For the sake of time, I'm gonna to try to move through because I know there's a couple other people that are gonna come up and, uh, and share their testimony too. Um, guys, I just have to tell you that being at ACR this year was so good. I was only able to be there for half the time because I was coming up from work. So I would be leaving at about 5.30, 5 o'clock, trying to shoot down to Warrensburg real quick. But why was it important to go to ACR? Well. My wife, Rachel, and I budgeted and planned, and we were like, okay, we're going to go. The reason we were going to go is because we wanted to fellowship. Like Maria said, we wanted to hear from God. We know that, uh, you know, if that's what you do and you go on purpose, that God's going to have a word for you. And then 
in addition to that, we wanted our kids to be there to fellowship with the other kids, to learn and to hear from God. So that happened. Um, guys, I, I just want you to know that um, I was in a, a men's group with a good friend of mine that moved away. And I seen him at ACR, his name's Kenny G, Kenny Gracier. And when I seen this dude, guys, I, I just have to tell you that when I seen him, my heart filled up because I missed him. And I forgot that I even missed him that much. I was like, I was like pushing chairs out of the way to go, to go hug him. I, I promise, uh, you know, after the message was over, I was just uh, excited to see him and uh, not only him, Van as well. So uh, I see Van and, you know, his eye contact is so intense. He was like, how have you been? <laughs> you know, he was like looking through my, <laughs> but how have you really been? I was like, Van, we need to sit down. I need to, I need to tell you. <laughs> um, and so guys, uh, just that part, I mean, that's aside from the messages. Um, and so that was, that was awesome. Leading up to ACR, were there any attacks? You know, at first I was like, no, I can't really think of like an attack. I'm just thinking of attack. But uh, something I didn't, didn't even tell Dell is that um, maybe a week and a half prior to um, my mechanic actually put his two weeks in. And so, you know, like I was telling James just now, like the glass is kind of breaking in my head, like, oh shoot, okay, now what? Cause I only have one mechanic, I'm a, you know, one mechanic shop, but you know, I was like, well, that doesn't mean don't go. That means that I definitely need to go. You know, I definitely need to pray and, and, uh, and God's gonna show up. But guys, God is good, God is faithful. And that's not the whole point of me being up here. It just didn't slow me down from going. Um, okay, so, um, you know, some of the kids, uh, our kids kind of got sick prior to, but you know what? They were fine and good. So we did go uh, and they were able to make it. So praise God. Um, what message was most impactful? So I took something from all the messages. I know that's cheating. That's, that's breaking the rules, but they were all good. And I feel like everybody said something that I just needed to hear, like really needed to hear. Which one stood out most was building a bridge by James. Uh, James did several different sessions and each one was really, really uh, good for me. Just uh, specifically how he broke down uh, John four, the woman at the well and how Jesus was weary he wasn't like 100% when he meets her, but he, he did the opposite of what was accustomed at that time. And he used that and he broke it down and he put himself in there too. He's like, there's times when I don't want to share the God. When I get on a plane, like that just uh, cracked me up. He said, when he gets on a plane, you know, he opens up his body. He's like, undoubtedly, there's going to be somebody that asks a question. A conversation is going to pop up. He's like, and you're like right next to the person. So you really can't. Uh, you know, turn and, and it was just, it was really good. And he put himself in and he helped explain why we need to build bridges, why we need to share the gospel, even whenever it's not what you feel like you want to do at that time. So, um, so that was good. What, what was really good too was in between uh, that message was, uh, and this was just raw, uncut. This was Sam just saying what was on his heart. And I think it was before um, Pastor Alan Shelby spoke that he got up and he was, I think he was given an announcement for something, but uh, he just got up and he was just saying, who's going to, who's going to create these leaders? Who's going to go on the mission trips? Who's going to like, his heart was on full display. And um, it really just like, it got me. And he wasn't, 
he wasn't preaching, but he was preaching. And so um, I was like, wow, man. And that's always been Sam's heart. I mean, uh, but it just, I don't know why it is. Sometimes something somebody says at a certain time hits you different and it really sticks out to you. And so um, that was before Alan got up and Alan delivered just an amazing message that I would definitely recommend if you didn't get a chance to listen to that you go back and listen to. It was, it was incredible. Um, uh, okay. So then what's the, how did going to ACR change, uh, change you or change your perspective? It created a sense of urgency for me. Um, so Alan uh, kind of talked about just like a little bit how he is uh, really likes to watch the news and he is uh, seeing the things that are happening and that we're living in the last days of the church age. And um, that coupled with Sam's heart and the messages that, um, oh, Dan, oh man, Dan's first message on Wednesday night was really, really good. Um, so I'm, I'm babbling, sorry, I'm trying to keep it all together here. But there was a lot that kind of all in the end spelled out a, a sense of urgency and being intentional with the relationships that you have and the time that you have with those people. Um, will you minister differently? Yes, I will. I'm gonna try to um, lean in and uh, on the you know, relationships that I have, make sure that they, every single one of them, you are showing who, uh, you know, who Christ has brought you from, you know, and not being that, that person that's blending in. So um, that's, that's what I got. It's perfect time. Can I share? And so now I have um, uh, asked some of the other um, couples and individuals to, would you just raise your hand if I asked you to, okay, the reason I'm doing that is so that you can also talk with them, have coffee with them, invite them over for dinner. Um, you know, I think I've, uh, Pastor James just got back from Kenya. And so we heard from Kenya, but we haven't heard from the pastor's perspective. And so we'll get a chance with him probably the second Sunday of August, because you're going to teach Okay, Mission Sunday is next week. So now we're going to hear from him and it'll be good just to get some kind of update on, hey, what did you see? What's your perspective of, of what you, these things are important, I'm telling you. And I pray that even just hearing these few testimonies that you kind of like, man, I need to go, I need to listen to that. I need to check that out. Maybe I need to know about building bridges, okay? And so um, listen, get them, feed them, Give them coffee and let the Lord bless your life. Uh, it will be good for you to just hear what God had been doing uh, down in uh, Warrensburg, Missouri. I love you. We're dismissed. I'll see you next week.